This is Chris Dufault. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Kirkston, Minnesota. I'm pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. More than, and Don Wick as well, more than 250 sugar beet farmers and industry supporters are in Washington, D.C. this week for the American Sugar Beet Growers Association's annual meeting. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick is in the capital city and has this report. Coverage of the American Sugar Beet Growers Association annual meeting made possible by Beta Seed, the Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. The current farm program expires at the end of September, and the leadership of the House and Senate Ag Committees both hope to have a new farm bill in place when that happens. According to American Sugar Beet Growers Association President Nate Hultgren, agriculture as a simple farm bill message. Well, I think the common thread we're hearing in all commodities is we're a national security issue if we can't get food to consumers in the grocery store. So all commodities are looking at that and talking to Congress about strengthening our food supply chains in this country and helping farmers make sure they can get their products to market. We've been great at making the products and getting the crops grown. We need to make sure they can get to market. Ad hoc spending increased significantly in recent years, and the Raymond, Minnesota farmer sees a need for budget responsibility. I think when we talk about the farm bill, the people that are involved, not only on the policy side, but more so the people that are asking for some of these programs, we understand we don't want to see a runaway budget in our government either. Farmers by nature are conservative fiscally, and so we understand that. We just hope other agencies and other parts of the government will also share in that reduction if there is one. There is a slim margin for the majority in both chambers of Congress. We asked ASGA Vice President Neil Rockstead of Ada, Minnesota, if that will make it more difficult to pass a farm bill. The, the slim margin in relation to the farm bill has less to do with farm policy and more to do with politics in general. So my concern with, would just be with the state of politics and will they tie up something that should be as straightforward as a farm bill just to get somebody's point across. Coverage of the American Sugar Beet Growers Association annual meeting made possible in part by Nutrien Ag Solutions and Sess Vanderhoff. Reporting from Washington, D.C., I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. World Weather Incorporated senior agriculture meteorologist Drew Lerner says there will be a break in the cold temperatures later on this week. Well, we're going to continue to be quite cold during the first part of this week, but the weather will warm up as we move forward in time. Uh, so when we get to the end of this work week, and especially over the weekend, we'll see a notable warming trend, and that will uh, not come with a lot of precipitation. We won't see a lot of moisture this week. A couple of spotty areas of light snow or snow flurries is about as much moisture as we're going to see. And it looks like Friday will be the turning point. The last in this series of bitter cold air masses will show up on Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon into Thursday. And that'll make uh, probably Thursday and Friday the, the last of the really cold days for this week. And then we'll see those temperatures rebound, getting back up to normal. In fact, probably a little bit above normal as we get into the weekend and into next week.
Much of Paraguay and southern Brazil will see increasing chances for rain through Thursday, with one to two inches expected. World Weather Incorporated says rains will shift north Thursday, Friday, and Saturday into the heart of Brazil. Rains are expected to return to southern Brazil Sunday through Thursday of next week. Western and southern Argentina will see additional rains today into Thursday, while central and northern areas remain mostly dry. World Weather says rain chances increase beginning February 10th, but confidence remains low. Heartland Commodities market analyst Jason Winter thinks we're seeing some technical action in these grain markets. Last week we had options going off on Friday, uh, February options, and that can kind of push the market, you know, into certain areas and beans kind of kind of uh, sold back to the $15 level, but overnight they were they were back on fire, and, and like I said, the soybean meal had a nice rally into the end of last week, so some follow-through there, uh, pushing that uh, back to the uh, highs for the month. Chart action and weather, the two big market drivers. Uh, a little head and shoulders going on in the soybean charts, so uh, some things to watch. Uh, corn was kind of a follower uh, of beans most of the week last week, and uh, and so the wheat, and they're... they're uh, Struggling a little bit. I'd say the, the strongest wheat market is for surely the Kansas City wheat market. I know uh, while it's cold here, uh, this cold goes all the way down into that Kansas City, um, that winter wheat area uh, down there. So there's there's probably a little uh, a little bit of buying coming on on uh, just that colder weather into the, the winter wheat countries. The grain markets are finding firm footing. Bauer Trading Market Analyst Ben Cash says traders are squaring books ahead of February. We've got end-of-the-month stuff going on today, too. It seems like um, tomorrow's the last trade, of, trade day of the month, so there's some rebalancing going on, and that's leading to a little bit of choppiness here today for, for uh, corn in the wheat market. And this week's Federal Reserve meeting will also impact the grains. Yeah, that's going to have a lot of influence here this week uh, on the currencies as well as bonds, uh, you know, which could definitely influence the grain markets here. But, um, you know, it looks like the trade is expecting the Fed maybe to um, have a little bit more dovish tone, uh, maybe ease up on some interest rates here since we're seeing some of these inflation indicators uh, retreat. USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending January 26 shows corn inspections of 528,000 metric tons, 27% than the previous week and 49% less than the same week last year. Soybean inspections at 1.85 million metric tons are less than 1% higher than last week and 30% more than a year ago. Wheat export inspections of 445,000 tons are 27% more than the previous week and 18% higher year over year. For the marketing year, corn inspections 31% behind last year's pace. Soybean inspections are 1% less than a year ago and wheat inspections are 3% less than last year. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, visit Facebook and Twitter. You can also find stories, podcasts, and more at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. South Dakota Farmers Union lobbyist Mitch Richter says there's a few bills not yet written that Farmers Union is monitoring in the South Dakota State Legislature. Well, there's a number of bills that we're concerned about. Um, the governor has proposed some type of legislation to deal with foreign-owned land um, she hasn't dropped the bill yet, but we're interested in that. 
we also have the governor proposing to reduce the food on groceries, food tax. Um, that would take about $105 million out of the revenue stream. We're concerned about that with the other needs that we have in South Dakota. Um, and then just um, property tax. There's uh, a, a bill to re- reduce the first $100,000 in property value off the tax rolls. Richter expects there to be less bills overall in this year's legislative session. Wednesday's the last day for bill introduction, so after this week, by the end of the week, we should have a good idea of what we're going to be dealing with as far as bills. Um, it's been sort of a slow introduction period, and I would attribute that to we've got, I think, 29 new people in the House. Generally, new legislators don't come in and uh, start introducing a lot of bills right away. So. Maybe that's an indication that next year is going to be a, a heavy load, but looks like the bill introduction might be down just a little bit. Normally we have 550 to 600 bills this year. Maybe they'll be down a little bit from that just because we have 34 new legislators. Minnesota Representative Michelle Fishbach will not serve on the House Agriculture Committee this legislative session. Fishbach has been appointed to the House Ways and Means Committee and will serve on the Trade and Oversight Subcommittees. Minnesota Representative Brad Finstead and South Dakota Representative Dusty Johnson will both serve on the House Aid Committee for the 118th Congress. Cold temp. All eyes will be on this week's Federal Reserve meeting with trades and analysts expecting the Fed to raise interest rates by a quarter point. That would bring the key short-term interest rate to a range of 45 to 4.75%, the highest level in 15 years. Analysts will be watching the wording of the Fed's post-meeting statement for signs about future rate hikes. The Federal Reserve's FOMC meeting is Wednesday and Thursday. Archer Daniels Midland, or ADM, reporting full-year fiscal net income of $4.3 billion. That's a 60% increase year over year. ADM's fiscal year revenue increased 19%, topping $101.8 billion. The year-over-year growth was driven by a strong fourth quarter in which sales climbed 14% to $25.2 billion. CEO Juan Luciano highlighted key accomplishments driving the revenue growth. 2022 was an important year for our one ADM business transformation. We completed several rollouts, and we're seeing benefits in areas ranging from indirect procurement to go-to-market strategies to grain merchandising. In 2023, we'll continue to expand the breadth and scope of this work, which is empowering our businesses to deliver profitable revenue growth and higher margins. NDSU Extension has released its 2023 short- and long-term agricultural planning price projections. NDSU Extension Farm Management Specialist Ron Haugen says commodity prices look high for this upcoming year. We try our best to, to project things, and it looks like things are projected high again. Commodity prices are relatively high, and they will project to be high as well this coming year. Uh, relatively, I guess, compared to his, his historical. Uh, and so we're looking at about $8 for, for spring wheat um, and corn, five and a quarter, and soybeans, twelve twenty-five. Those are the major crops, and those are what we're, we're thinking right now. Other price projections include malting barley at six fifty a bushel, oil sunflowers at twenty five dollars a hundredweight, canola at twenty five dollars hundredweight, winter wheat at seven dollars a bushel, dry beans at thirty six hundredweight, and alfalfa hay at one hundred and twenty dollars a ton. The report also details livestock prices. 
for the light weights, like the 400 to 500 pound steers, uh, 235, and for the higher weights, 800 to 900, 195. The projections for livestock are based on a lot of things. It's based on the, the famous cattle cycle, which, and then there's the demand issues. And Tim Petrie, he's part of this publication. He's the one that really gets dives into the livestock stuff. He's pretty accurate. We've looked at historically what he actually projected and the, actually what happened, and it's pretty close. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. NDSU Extension Farm and Ranch Safety Coordinator Angie Johnson says when extreme temperatures drop below zero, challenges can arise from machinery, especially to hydraulic hoses. This time of year in, in particular, we're, we're reaching our cold, our peak cold season in, in January and February, and so uh, with with those extreme cold temperatures comes challenges when when it comes to operating farm farm machinery and equipment and so one of those um, components includes hydraulic hoses uh, when when the weather gets that cold it, it takes our machines and our equipment a little bit longer to to have the ability to warm up and be able to proper properly function. When conditions become cold, hydraulic hoses can become stiff and brittle and lose their ability to bend, causing cracks to form. When the temperature drops, um, that, that hydraulic fluid, that hydraulic oil, it's not as viscous. It's not as fluid and able to flow uh, as, as well as it does when it's 50, 60, 70 degree weather. And so typically what will happen is if that fluid doesn't have the ability to warm up a little bit and, and you try and use you know, let's say you're running a, a bale processor, you know, if you don't let that warm up, there could be some challenges. You've got all of that pressure, that fluid's not flowing properly, and if there's any signs of wear or cracks or if those fittings are loose, the cold is going to make that condition worse. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. We're seeing the... Uh... Uh, wheat in Minneapolis, March, down a half penny now, 921. July's up one, 907. Chicago, March, wheat's a penny and a quarter higher. Kansas City, March, wheat three and a quarter cents higher at 872 and a half. March corn, three quarters of a penny higher, 683 and three quarters. The December corn, new crop, two cents higher, 589 and a quarter. March soybeans, 25 and a half higher at 1330, or excuse me, 1535. November soybeans, the new crop, 16 and a half cents higher, 1367 and three quarters. In Winnipeg, March canola, $20 and 10 cents a metric ton higher, 828.60. February live cattle, $1.92 higher. March feeder cattle, 70 cents higher. February lean hogs down 70 cents. Thanks for joining us. Have a great afternoon. This is the Red River Farm Network.